What up, what up, what up? Welcome to this week's episode of Pell's Pod, New Orleans.network podcast. As always, I am your host, Raphael Rattler, joined with my fellow middle brother, Gary G. Money Rattler. What's popping with you, bro? What it, what it, what it do? It is, twas the night before <laughs> basketball, my guy. And, you know, it's been a minute, man. It feels like, it feels like it hasn't been long enough. I feel like we just watched the finals, just watched the championship get raised up, but it, it's feel like it's been forever. So, um, at least we could get out of the summer that was the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant. We are released <laughs> from the shackles of off-season storylines. It is time to roll the ball out there and actually put it in the hoop and, and get to basketball, and I am excited. So everything's all good on this end, bro. How's everything on your end? Everything's good on my end, man. I uh, I let my four-year-old know that uh, Sade was coming out with a new album for the first time in a long time. Okay, he got excited. Right, he got excited. I'm all like, right, man, now. look, man, you got to make sure. You got to make sure the next generation know the classics, man. So I'm I'm like excited. He's excited. Speak, Big speak, in front speak, of speak, speaking of the, of the classics, it, it, it looks like we have a, a young man on, on the Pelicans that appreciates the classics. And he'll be in Brooklyn. Hopefully he come out in a little Coogee sweater uh, when he comes <laughs> out to play, which is most important. So. Right, right, right. And before we get too much of the show, because we got a lot to cover today, we're actually going to preview some actual regular season basketball. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Pels Pod. Make sure you follow us on IG at uh, Pelicans Podcast. Make sure you like the episode below. And most importantly, make sure you subscribe to New Orleans.network. So in between the last time we got to talk to y'all, the Pelicans made a couple updates. So they waived Daquan Plowden, John Butler, John Petty, Keelan Martin, Javante Smart, um, and Zylon Cheatham, all going to the squadron, all going to be a part of their um, G League team, G League uh, affiliate. Um, And they signed EJ Liddell to the other two-way contract along with Darion Seabrand. We talked about what Jackson's injury and inconvenient injury at that um, meant for this team last week and how it hurt to not have a healthy EJ Liddell to be able to insert as that backup uh, four or rim protector off the bench. But it's good to see the Pelicans um, kind of make sure they do right by him. I never really questioned whether or not he'd be a part of the team because they've talked about they've been scouting the dude for multiple years and they just so happened to steal him in the second round last year. But what you, what was your thoughts on the Pels? Go ahead and uh, give an EJ that contract. Yeah, it was kind of one of those things that you knew was coming. Uh, you know, they 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 took a lot. You know, they they spoke highly about about EJ. Uh, he he, you know, some of the things that you saw in the preseason were things that you know you could bring to you know to a team. The switchability, uh, the three ball, the ability to kind of put the ball on the floor. 
um, and do some of the things that, you know, like you've seen Jackson doing, even some of like the poor man Zion things, right? Being able to just be a, a guy who was big and girthy, but could kind of move and do things like that um, and, and move well on the floor. So you saw this coming uh, down the line, you know, the injury sucks. Uh, you know, this would have been a, a very, uh, you know, uh, very good time for him to be on the floor, uh, soaking up some of these minutes uh, that's going to be there uh, now that Jackson is hurt. Um, and also, you know, there's a, there's a, 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 there was a bit of a, a, a spot, you know, this is such a young team. Like, you know, you've, you've seen Willie Green give into, to playing young players, uh, you know, whether it be Jose and whether it be, you know, these guys like young as in NBA experience, uh, if you're willing to put the, the work out there and everything. So he had an opportunity to actually, you know, cut into some minutes as a regular rotation wise outside of, uh, of Jackson's, uh, you know, injury and, and things like that. But, you know, good to see him get that contract. Hopefully he's rehabbing well, and, and we'll see him back on the floor, you know, next season. Yeah, he got a two-way contract, but Jackson Hayes didn't. So the rookie extension in today, um, Jackson will be playing the season as a free agent. So, again, untimely injury on, on, on his account. But when he gets back, he's going to be fully motivated to earn every dollar he can from the Pelicans or whether it be one of the other 29 teams. So uh, one thing I want to get to before we get into the meat of the show, man, I thought it was cool that the Pelicans sold out Birmingham, right? Like, again, this is a state. This is not even in the same state, but the Pelicans were able to sell out a preseason game in which Zion Williamson didn't play, you know, and stuff like that. And so, like, I thought that was a really cool thing. Obviously, it's home and near and dear to a Herb Jones, to a Kyra Lewis, to a John Petty, those guys who are from Alabama. So you got to love that for them. Got to love that experience of going home and Herb getting a standing ovation by the sold-out crowd, stuff like that. What were your thoughts on, you know, just the Birmingham experience and, you know, that being a part of something the Pelicans want to do as they grow this fan base? Yeah, I mean, listen, the 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 Pelicans. When when you hear and you and you know you see this this run that they had last season, um, they, like they said, this is no longer a, a a hidden team, right? This is a team that is out in front. Um, and so when you have a G League team, uh, you know that that stationed in uh, in Birmingham, again, like you said, not the state that you reside in, uh, and to see it sold out, man, that that just goes to show you how far this this franchise has come in the eyes of. Uh, you know, of other other fan bases and even other states and other and things like that. But I think one of the things that's most important, um, and what you can see from that, obviously, you have some of these homegrown uh guys, you know, that that are around the town. But we spoke about it last season about how the Pelicans have gone kind of regional as far as you know the guys that they stock their roster with, and having a guy, having two guys that lead your team in a in a Brandon Ingram and a Zion who are. You know, two again, southern guys. You know, one of those those low low key southern guys, regional guys who have that kind of like f familial southern hospitality. Um, and then also having, like you said, Herb Jones and everything. Like though, that lends to the regional pull and the regional attraction uh, for these guys. And you know, having having Zion in South Carolina grow up and, and you know having that that area of the region capture all of that spreads across state lines and things like that. And so um, it was good to see the Pelicans kind of you know have this have this opportunity uh to put a, a product in front of Birmingham where they've been holding down the G League team and and doing it so well that that G League franchise uh has has yielded tremendous results for the Pelicans um in a in a way of either Jose Alvarado or the the development of Trey Murphy or and Jackson Hayes as well um as well as Herb when uh you know and so there's just a lot of a lot of you know good things going with that G League squadron program, and it was good to see the the Pelicans able to reach out and put a good product in front of them. Um, and those guys, you know, they they they, they play well. The preseason played well, and 
Um, and so, you know, it was good to see that, to, to see that packed house for the Pelicans. Yeah. So you talk about putting out a good product. So again, the Pelicans went 4-1 in the preseason. Doesn't really mean anything. They've had some really good preseasons recently and then come out and not look so good in the regular season, right? And so, you know, you don't want to put too much stock into what you saw, but there are something, again, just like we said going into it, you're not going into it looking at final score and box scores. You're looking at trends. You're looking at rotations. You're looking at things that could potentially, you know, carry over to the regular season outside of just the stat sheet and things like that. But my question to you is the Pelicans have been really poor to start the season over the last decade or so. How do they go about avoiding that with Brooklyn starting on Wednesday, Charlotte on Friday, and the Jazz home opener on Sunday? Uh, make sure that Zion gets to the, the arena uh, healthy <laughs> uh, and, and, and safely. I think that um, that is probably uh, the most important thing uh, going into this season. Listen, the Pelicans have gotten off to, to bad starts. Um, it is no, it is no secret. You know, if, if you've been watching the Pelicans uh, slash Hornets is going back to the Hornets days. Uh, like you've known that this team has, has historically gotten off to bad starts. Um, but I think what, what, you know, one thing that they can do, they can make sure that they, they're focused and, and locked in and make sure that one of, one of the most important things is that defense travels, right? Defense travels, no matter where, you know, no matter where you go in, you know, the Pelicans had a horrible start last season. But it, it it was more about the injuries and things like that. I think if you can get you get into this game healthy, um, and you bring that defense, right? You bring that tenacity that you saw all starting from when Willie Green first got uh, to the Pelicans uh, last summer league, and then stretching up into the the season run, and then getting out of that, even getting out of that rut and making the play in. All of that was carried by the defense and the obviously the emergence of, of Brandon Ingram and, and Herb and Jose and things like that. But defense carried this team in a lot of ways. And so if you come into this season knowing that, uh, you know, defense travels and you're going to start off on the road, two games on the road, that you have to be able to bring the defense, you have to be able to bring uh, the tenacity because that's what's going to get uh, keep you into the games, get you through, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the rough starts, uh, the crowd going crazy and things like that. You get through that with defense, right? Um, and I think, you know, I, we, I talk about it a lot on this podcast, uh, getting into these role games and, and the, you know, these first two role games and then obviously getting into the home game, you want to make sure that you're winning the race to the first timeout, right? You want to make sure that the other team is the first team to call the timeout because those are usually the momentums, right? The momentum swings and things like that. And so you want to make sure that you're winning that race, that the other team has to call the timeout first because you're bringing the tenacity on defense, you're attacking and being strong on offense. And I think if you can, if you can bring that defense and have that travel with you, uh, you can get through some of these, you know, these two road games for sure. Um, that Brooklyn one, uh, for sure, uh, that that you're gonna have to come in and locked in defensively with that team. So uh, defense uh, and, and keeping the tenacity uh, going, I think that if you if you keep those locked in, you'll be able to to get up to a much better start than you've you've seen in the past. Also, just make sure Zion gets there <laughs> on time. Make sure that the Uber is there or the team bus or whatever. However, he's getting to that. Make sure that the red carpet is out there. That the the ground isn't too hard. Make sure there's some little foam on the ground. As long as he walks through the through the through the door, and when it tips off and he's in a jersey, you should have a better chance. You should have a much better chance at starting off, uh, much better than previous seasons. Right. Um, you make a great point. And again, Zion said himself, "Oh, I'm playing." Right. So, yes. you know, yes. uh, that's that should be expected. Some of the things that I, I, I'm looking for from him is make sure you're limiting turnovers. 
uh, Brooklyn, you know, they <laughs> for all the turmoil that they had all offseason long and may have at some point this season, they still got a lot of talent on that team. Like you got one of the best players to ever touch a basketball on that team and also have a guy who's one of the most creative players in the NBA today, maybe ever, is in terms of his skill set and Kyrie Irving. And who knows with the Ben Simmons, who was a good player the last time we saw him. But, you know, and again, you know, he has his strengths that might play alongside well of those big three. And we'll get into that matchup. But that's a team where if you turn the ball over a whole bunch, they can make you pay very quickly. And from three, and that's that's not what you want to do to start out the season. You want to build yourself a deficit and have to try to climb out of in the first game of the, uh, the season. So make sure you're taking care of the road, not only in that game, but the Pels play seven of their first 11 games on the road. Mm-hmm. If you're turning the ball over for some of these teams, especially in the West Coast trip, like Phoenix and the Clippers and Golden State, that's that's a tough spot to be in, right? For such a young team, that's going to be hard to overcome. And so make sure you're protecting the ball. Secondly, make sure you're continuing to move the ball. We talked about it. Like the ball movement in the preseason looked like something that you haven't seen from a Pelicans team in a long time. The ball wasn't sticking. It was finding the open man. It was finding the hot hand. No matter if you had B.I. in the game, Zion in the game, C.J. In the, it didn't matter who was in the game. If Darion Seabrae was the game, it's something that you could tell Willie Green and his staff has really put an emphasis on that, hey, we are going to make uh, we're going to make quick and smart decisions. You know, I, I heard them practicing with a shortened shot clock, 16 seconds to make sure that they're up in the pace. They're upping uh, and the time in which they have to get to the basket and get an open shot shot right that's something that's going to be important for them right to continue to do that because it's easy to do it in the preseason once the games start to count a little bit and the games get tense and you actually have to close games and not play just 20 minutes that's when you know the the true tale of what you put in the offseason doesn't work uh in the regular season and then for me lastly stick what you do do best don't try to play with Golden State and with Phoenix and with the Nets when they throw up 43s a game because not what you do, right? Like you got Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, JV, you know, continue to attack the basket and go paint the great and let your three-point shooters like Trey, like CJ and BI take the good looks, not the forced looks, not the looks that they're willing to give you, right? Those are the things that I think if they can stick to and really kind of iron out, I think that they can get off to a fast start despite having to play so many games on the road. Um, but that being said, you know, again, there were some things from preseason that I did like, and some things that, you know, maybe still might be concerning to some degree. I wanted to get your take. What were some of the takeaways you had from this preseason as a whole? Was there anything you were like, Ooh, I'd like to see more of that in the regular season or, Ooh, I didn't see enough of that throughout a preseason. Yeah. I think first and foremost, right. The, the, the Trey Murphy improvement, um, you know, did, I think that, you know, he is, I've called him the most ignitable player on the, you know, on the Pelicans roster. And I really do think that he's one of the more pivotal players on this roster, like even up there with like the Zions and the Brandon Ingrams, um, because of his, what he brings to the table and his ability, what he's shown in the preseason, uh, looks like an ability to, 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 to just get hot at any point in time from anywhere on the floor. Um, and I think what, what, what also goes with that is the fact that he's been getting a lot. Uh, he was stronger. He was getting a lot stronger and playing a lot more athletic last season that he continues to do that. Right. It looks like he's putting the floor, uh, putting the ball on the floor, uh, taking one to uh, two dribbles, attacking the rim, back cuts with Zion. The, the, the chemistry looks like it's there. I think that that Trey Murphy 
you know, what we saw in the preseason, his defensive rotations, his ability, uh, his attention to detail as far as the, uh, defensive rotations go. All of those things are so pivotal for the for the Pelicans that, you know, you, you saw it in the preseason. You saw glimpses of it. And then obviously you saw the all on display uh, version of it in his third, you know, 27 point uh, game. And so. Uh, I think, you know, seeing Trey Murphy's improvement and his ability uh, to, to be confident in games, I think that that was one of the things that I, I really liked on the floor. Um, another thing I liked uh, kind of keeping in with, with my theme of defensive intensity was the communication defensively, right? There were there were a lot of th some things as far as like the pick and roll defense that needs to be uh, fixed, right? That needs to be ironed out as far as like switching and, and things like that when the pick and roll. But for the most part, uh, it was really good to see, you know, communication on the, on, on the, uh, on the floor. You could hear people yell. Uh, you can hear people t telling people where to go. Uh, Larry Nance is a big component of that, bringing that defensive energy and defensive communication. Um, I think that that has been a really good part to see in the Pelicans. Now, obviously, there are things to iron out. We talk about, uh, you know, we talk about uh, the, the pick and roll communications as well as transition defense. Uh, both of those things are things that need to be a little, you know, uh, uh, better. But I, I, for the most part, I saw some really good things as far as defensive rotations, uh, as far as communicating on the floor uh, and things like that. Um, and then lastly, obviously, you know, seeing Zion come out and, and, and be aggressive, even in some of the bad games that he had, he was finding ways to contribute offensively, whether it was drawing attention or actually making the play and making the pass and things like that. Um, I think all of those things are, are, are important, which things that you saw in the, in, in the preseason that will help and, and pour it over. And hopefully, you know, if Trey Murphy could continue to keep that confidence, if uh, Zion could continue uh, to find ways to contribute other than scoring, which is going to be really easy for him when I'm talking passing, rebounds, and just pulling gravitational, um, uh, having that gravitation on the floor. And then lastly, that the defensive communication, as long as you can keep those three things uh uh, that we saw in the preseason and import that into the regular season. Uh, those are really good things to, to look for for the Pels. All right. B.I. looks under control, man. <laughs> for the, for a guy who did really play most of preseason, had, you know, the bum foot for, for a good most of it, he came in and just 19 – In the James Jones T-shirt, man. The James Jones T-shirt. The with the T-shirt. Like I mean, James Johnson, in, yeah. <laughs> he looked incredibly under control, man. He looked like a guy who has figured out the game of basketball. Like, he looked extremely confident, you know, facilitating. He looked extremely confident getting to his spots. This is without Zion on the court. I can only imagine what those two have been working on together. Again, what you see in prison, I bet, is like – 40% of what they actually get done throughout their practices. You know, there have been a lot of reports from Aaron Summers and things like that about them having intense practices uh, leading up to this point. Because Willie Green has said it like he wants them to be ready. They can't dig themselves a hole. They've got to start fast. And so they've been challenging each other, right? Like that's that's the good thing about having a group that's so close that – you can get up in your boy's face and you can challenge and call him out and, and talk a certain type of talk when you playing because you know that he's just trying to make you better, right? Like that's that's what his ultimate goal is. There's not some ulterior motive. When you got a whole team operating like that, like you can only you can you can kind of put together what some of those matchups look like as far as practice. But bi, like I said, he looks like he is ready to ascend yet again, and that's a scary thought uh, for for this Pelicans team and, and for their opponents. CJ looks like he is really embracing the the the, the point guard floor general role again. He, he couldn't really get a shot going much in the preseason, but what you saw was him finding guys and him looking to get JV. 
touches on the block and him looking to find Trey in the opposite corner. Like those are small things that, again, you and I talked about it where, you know, there were times last year was like, oh, Jackson's lobbing to the rim. CJ just throwed a lob that it wasn't there because the chemistry wasn't there. He was trying, still trying to learn guys. But now you can see him feeding into, let me get guys the ball in the spots that they're the most comfortable. That's that's a point guard, right? Like that's what a point guard does. And so, again, I still expect CJ to score plenty of points. Uh, but I do think like his – I think his, his career assist might be – you know, this might be the best season for that. So because I really think that he's going to embrace those times and he's going to get the ball to the players that, you know, can fill it up. So I, I think that's a big part of it. The last takeaway I took from preseason – you and I talked about it, and you kind of heard it from Willie Green. You kind of heard it from Trajan. And Dyson's going to play. I get the Jackson injury is definitely impacting, you know, the fact that Dyson's probably going to play sooner rather than later. But, like, you just see his impact on the court immediately. Like, it jumps a, he, off he, the page. He looks like an NBA contributor already. Like, somebody right. who contributes to winning basketball already. Right, like, and even the fact that like his jump shot was whatever in the preseason, he still find ways to. You take a step back, you're like, man, Dyson Daniels had a good game. Like he had five steals, or he had two blocks, or he had five assists, or five rebounds. Like he is constantly everywhere. That's a player that you need. That's a connector type player, especially off the bench. And his defense is is for real. His defense is for real. Uh, ask Zach Levine, ask some of these Jaden Ivy, some of these guys that he was. Uh, out there uh, uh, against, not Jay Nive, he didn't play the game, but Zach Levine for sure. Um, he, he's a defensive, he is ready to contribute uh, offensively as, as a contributor, as a, like you said, a, a connector, a person to pass. But defensively, he looks like, you know, the real deal. And it looks like the, the Pelicans found another uh, long rangey defending wing uh, in this league full of, you know, everybody's looking for that. <laughs> it looks like the Pelicans found uh, yet another one. Right. And he looks like a player that, is going to get the shot eventually. Like, he looks determined. He's not scared to shoot it, which is all – that's usually the first step, like players being confident in the shot. He ain't gonna, got no problem there. Like, his his thing is just <laughs> the consistency with it, right? And I think he'll get there, but he's one of those players where even if the shot's not going, he can impact the game right away. And that's, that's a good spot to be in for a young player trying to figure out their way in the league. Any areas of concern for you? Any things that you didn't see or you're like – Ah, I'm still yeah. a little bit worried about. Of course, there's always things that you know a team can 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 look at and get better. I think first and foremost, what everybody's going to be concerned about is the chemistry of the starting five, right? Um, not being able to play any uh, on court minutes against a, an opponent that you aren't practicing against that isn't on your team. Um, you know that 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 could be worrisome, right? Because we've seen Brandon Ingram struggle to have what you know when CJ came in um, to to to, to kind of adjust to having another guy, um, and Zion is just not some other guy. This is somebody who fundamentally changes. Uh, how you play basketball, you know, how your team plays basketball. And so, um, you know, having not having to see, seen them on the floor, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of worrisome. You know, hopefully they can kind of, you know, you heard Zion talking uh, today about those guys not needing a lot of time um, and that they can just kind of make instinctively reading uh, things like that. Uh, but, you know, you would love like to see it against some other uh, players that's not on your team. And then, uh, like I said, the, 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 the switching 
communication on defense, uh, the pick and roll, especially uh, communication on defense, is one of the things that 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 really, really uh, needs to be to be focused on and nailed down. I saw way too many times where a simple pick and roll and a, the big uh, is rolling to the rim, uh, and you know either I, the JV is stepping up. Um, and, or he's dropping back at the wrong time, and the, the 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 big man is just rolling to the rim, or the pop, right? The 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 uh, the stretch five has is already always been an issue uh, for Stephen Adams as well as JV. You know the the last two previous centers, as well as Derek Favors. If you really want to go back further than that, like the the the, the pick and roll defense has been. And the stretch five has been the Achilles heel for the Pelicans, right? How many times we saw the drop coverage and GV having to sit down because of Larry Nance. And so you saw a lot of it even still uh, in this preseason, right? You saw it with Nikola Vucevic. Isaiah Stewart stepped out and hit a couple threes on, on JV uh, because he wasn't able to, to kind of switch and get back, show and get back. Uh, so the, the the pick and roll defense is one of the things that I'm going to be, you know, hopefully they, they can get, get that down and I'm going to be watching for uh, to see if they get better. But uh, just the starting five chemistry and that pick and roll defense, bro, that's that's two things that I, I know is going to be really, really watched by the, you know, by the Pels fans and, and by the media um, just to kind of see how that works. Uh, but those are the two things I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about going into the season. You know what's wild? Like the more I think about it, and the more you and I talk this week, like I'm not that concerned about the starting five, because and it's not because you know OBI and Zion have played together before and stuff like that. Like that's not why. Mm. It's because CJ, BI, and Zion in their own right in their own stardom are all really unselfish players. Like they're not mm-hmm. players that you know need the ball in order to be a impactful right like they're players that can find their own like people say it all the time you don't have to run plays for zion now i don't agree with that like i think that you should run for <laughs> for but like i think that the the saying is somewhat true in that you know he can easily impact the game like his first buckets of the preseason was a tip put back dunk uh from cj which he got fouled in and went to the free throw line like he can easily find ways to score that's not necessarily it but the way that each one of them are, are are able to see the floor and get to their own spots, but also know that, hey, I could probably shoot this shot, but I think there's a better shot available for a teammate. That's rare in young players. I think it takes time for guys to develop the playmaking side of things. And I think, again, that was a knock on Brandon Ingram's game early in his career. And I think that that's, that's been that narrative has been completely squashed. But for a player like Zion, he's always being unselfish. In fact, there's been times where Zion has been too unselfish, where you're like, Zion, go score the ball. Don't pass it to anyone, right? And so (laughs) when you have a a, a system that Willie Green has put in place and you have star players that are willing to get the best shot, I'm not that concerned about the starting lineup. Plus, I think that they've probably been practicing together this whole time outside of a preseason game anyway. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple of things that do stand out to me. So I, I still – my question is still the same. Who is protecting the rim? Because <laughs> now Jackson Hayes – and again, feel how you want to feel about Jackson, but he's probably the best rim protector on the team. Now he's down for a couple of weeks. And so you got JV, Billy, or Larry Nance are really your options. And again, Zion, if you want to play some minutes at Zion on the five, maybe. But again, to your point, you talked about the pick and roll defense. But again, there were a lot of open shots for guys like Jaden Ivey. And when you're about to play Kyrie Irving and you're about to play some of these guys who can get to the cup, 
either you got to have great perimeter defense or your rotation's got to be perfect because if not, like, it's going to be two points. So I, I'm still a little bit concerned in that area. And then again, Devontae Graham had some good good shooting nights. He had some bad shooting nights in the preseason. Jose had some good shooting nights. He had some bad shooting nights in the preseason. The three ball off the bench, like, again, that's what you're going to be called to do. Now, there's one guy I'm not not worried about. (laughs) We'll talk about him later. But everybody else, again, you're going to have the looks. Can you hit them consistently? Because now, again, all the attention and all the the eyes are going to be on the stars because, again, it's not going to be five up, five down, 20 minutes. It's going to be, hey, the stars are paying 30 to 35 minutes a night. Mixing in with the rotation players, you've got to be able to step up and hit those threes in the moment. So, again, the things that we walked into the the offseason as question marks are still question marks. So, again, those are areas to look out for as the season begins. That being said, the season starts on Wednesday. I, I feel like it's it's been a long time coming, but we we are here, right? And it mm. starts out with the 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 offseason was all the team the offseason was all about the Brooklyn Nets in which nothing ended up happening the exact same yes but that being said again that's a tough opponent to to open up uh on the road against again you would think that you would have some camaraderie and some continuity on your side more so than you know the team that won to fire the head coach but again they have one of the best players to ever touch a basketball on that team and so when you look at the Brooklyn matchup on Wednesday, you look at KD, you look at Kyrie, you look at Ben Simmons, no Seth Curry, which is big. Again, the Pelicans have struggled to defend the three ball. No Joe Harris. Again, those are two shooters who play off just like people are going to play off CJ, BI, and Zion. You play off KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. Not having those two, that's a big deal. But what are some of the things you're looking for out of that matchup versus Brooklyn? Well, yeah, I think the no Seth and no Joe Harris is huge for them. Uh, they're already starting. No, I said it on Twitter. They were, they're already starting two non-shooters uh, in Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons. So they were really relying on, uh, you know, guys like Joe Harris and, uh, and Seth Curry to kind of come in and obviously Patty Mills as well to kind of come in and bring that shooting, um, you know, and, and kind of supplement some of their players. And so now they're going to be relying on Patty Mills and obviously the great Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving uh, to kind of fill that, that in. And so uh, if those guys go to the bench, you know, where does that shooting come from? TJ Warren is not there, uh, things like that. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they, you know, how they operate with their starters um, and, and not having the, the, the rep- requisite shooting around them. Uh, but I think one of the first things that is obviously up front that is going to be, you know, how do the, the Nets match up with the Pelicans uh, front court, right? They're going to be starting, you know, their front court is Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and uh, Nick Claxton. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else has seen this, but <laughs> those guys are not as big as JV and Zion for sure, and obviously Brandon Ingram uh, being the outlier. But JV and Zion should absolutely feast on the boards offensively, defensively, uh, things like that. It should be a bloodbath on the boards um, as far as rebounds go, um, which should also lead into a lot of foul trouble uh, for those guys, right? It's just uh, uh, trying to see Kevin Durant. I can't really see Kevin Durant and and Nick Claxton keeping keeping those guys off the board uh, at all. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how they match up and can the Pelicans take advantage of that and get some of those guys into foul trouble uh, quickly um, and, and get and get to the line because, you know, the, and 
that's a whole nother story once they get to the line. Um, but getting to the line and getting those guys into foul trouble, I think is going to be going to be key. And obviously the superstar matchup, right? The Z- Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons versus Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ, you know, which one of those big threes is going to come out and, uh, you know, have the most continuities coming up. Both Neither one of the, the big threes have played together. Uh, and so it's going to be the first game for both of them, both of the big threes. And so it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, which one of the big threes are uh, are going to, to, to have that, that step and be able to gel quickly and, and gel on the fly uh, and, and, and come out with the victory. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I, I think that, you know, the Pelicans really do have a good shot um, at winning this game. Uh, simply because of the the strength ability, uh, you know the the the, the ability to, to to beat them up on the boards and and get those guys into foul trouble, uh, and then I think that you know the shooting as far as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, obviously the, those guys are, are fantastic, but outside of those two, uh, the Pelicans should have a, a, a an advantage with the likes of CJ uh, Trey Murphy uh, and Devontae Graham. Hopefully, has a good game. Like those guys should be able to come in uh, and play well, uh, playing off of of the big three uh, for the Pelicans. So I think. Think, you know that star matchup is gonna be gonna be fine. Gonna be good to see Herb and, and what he's learned in the offseason. Uh he's gonna be right out the gate. You're gonna be guarding Kevin Durant. No warm-up, you know, no, <laughs> no, none of that. No way, none of that. Just get on the floor and game one. Here's Kevin Durant. So I'll be very interested to see, bro. What what about you? What you got for uh for the yeah. takeaways? Uh what you think is gonna happen? I mean, you you just pointed out the matchup I'm looking forward to the most. I, I know everybody talks about hey, BI is a young KD, and KD said who you who in the league reminds you the most of yourself? He said B.I. And so people look at that, but I'm I'm with you. I want to see how Herb has leveled up defensively because you you and I have talked about it. There were times where he took his his lumps versus Luka. He looked took his lumps versus KD. That was actually the, the, the game in which KD got hurt uh last season. But I want to see, you know, for a guy who's so astute and for a guy who's so focused on being better, I'm sure the only thing that he was working on this summer wasn't just the three-point shot behind the line, was studying film, understanding star players' tendencies, because guess what? On most nights, Herb, that's going to be your assignment. And it doesn't get easier in the NBA. Like, every night, the other team has got somebody. Like, the team might not be good, but they got somebody you have to worry about. And most nights, Herb is going to be your assignment, right? And so for a guy like that who's so interested in honing his craft, what have you picked up on? What have you, you know, researched from KD's tendencies? Because there were a couple of rotations that Herb made in the preseason. In fact, the one he got hurt on when he got the elbow to the stomach where he was guessing the move before the guy made it and he was right. Like, can you do some of that stuff versus Kevin Durant? Because that's what you're going to need in a season where, you know, after all the things that happened this offseason, KD's going to come out with it on his mind, right? Like he's going to come out is looking to be MVP. I mean, Rav, the Golden State Warriors won a championship after after Kevin Durant left. It 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 made him so mad that he was like, "Fire everybody! I'm out of here. I need to go somewhere else." So he is definitely going to be locked in. But I, I uh, to to your point, I think that Willie Green is going is going to take Kevin Durant to Wingstop. I think they're going to make a trip to Wingstop. And what I mean, he's going to have to see Dur- he's going to have to see her. He's going to have to see Trey Murphy. Hey, Dyson might even get some welcome to the NBA minutes on that. on him. Uh, to, to 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 see just how far he is, right? We saw Willie Green not hesitate to to let Herb get out there and guard the best player five six games into his career. So I think Willie Green is going to take KD to Wingstop as he should. <laughs> All right. My second question is like, who's going Kyrie? <laughs> because oh, you know, again, yeah. 
you know, uh, CJ, for as great as he is on the offensive end, he's not, you know, you wouldn't think of him as a top-tier defender. But again, playing the point guard position, somebody has to guard him. I'm sure it won't be like this is your one assignment on Kyrie. I'm sure they'll be taking turns, whether it's B.I., whether it's CJ, whether it's Jose, whether it's uh, Dyson, to your point. There's going to be a lot of different uh, bodies that you throw at him, and that's why you build out a roster full of different defensive-minded guys. Like So that when you have tough matchups like a KD, like a Kyrie, you have different options, so they're seeing different looks. I think that's going to be a big part of things in terms of how do they match up defensively and can they slow a guy like Kyrie down? Because, again, he's going to be motivated too. He doesn't have a contract next season. He's going to be looking to play for another team maybe or at least get another max contract so he's gonna have it on his mind so you got to walk into the building knowing that these guys are coming to prove everybody wrong who talked about them all offseason long and knowing that they're not just gonna lay down because they went through all the stuff that they went through this offseason bro yeah. I, I you know what you know what i want to see in this game and it's gonna be a really good test right we talk about you know going back to the defensive side we talked last season we saw in that phoenix series how long Willie Green let J uh, JV stay out there uh, when they were attacked on pick and when he was attacked on pick and roll over and over again? Whether it was Chris Paul, whether it was Devin Booker, they they just attacked that you know that pick and roll over and over again. Coming into this game, you got Kevin Durant, you got Kyrie Irving, two of the most predatory players in the NBA, right? I want to see you know some some improvements from Willie Green as well, right? How long do you let JV you know happen? They're gonna attack him over and over again. It's gonna happen. How do you make sure you utilize uh, JV's offensive game and the the mismatch that he's gonna create on the offensive end, while also knowing that eventually they're gonna attack J JV, and as he you know continues to bang down low, whether it be the boards, whether it be on offense uh, sometimes, as he continues to do that, he's already slow-footed as it is. He's going to get even more weighed down. And so, especially in the fourth quarter, if, if the game is tight, which I expect it to be, you know, and, and Kyrie is, is going pick and roll over and over again to hunt, uh, you know, uh, JV. As Kevin Durant goes to hunt JV, you know, does Willie Green go to to, to, to Larry Nance a little earlier in the fourth quarter as compared to what he did in the, in the postseason last uh, against the Suns? And so it's going to be very interesting right off the dump. You're already going to get that, that, that test from Willie green, where not only are you compete, uh, you know, uh, coaching and, and trying to come up with a scheme to defend uh, a Ben Simmons uh, and, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but you're going to be able, you're going to be having to try to come up with a game plan to kind of hide a defensive liability. That's going to be attacked immediately from the jump. Like, you know, that's where Kyrie's going. You know, it is Kev Kevin Durant is going. How does Willie green mess with, you know, deal with that chess moving, you know, is he going to go to his well earlier than we saw him in the postseason last year? I think that's a great point. And I think that, you know, he's alluded to learning a lot. And, you know, they asked him at, at practice today, some of the players today, what have you seen different in Willie? Is like, he's a young coach, he's hungry, but he's still learning too. And so I think the playoffs were, were teaching lesson for a guy who is constantly looking to get better. Um, and to your point, here's your first test, right? So um, that will be one to look out. The last thing I'm looking for this game, is just the contrast in styles. Like the Pelicans were one of the best paint teams last season. Now Zion Williamson is back on the team. I expect him to be one of the best paint teams again, <laughs> <laughs> close to the basket. 
The Nets, on the other hand, they want to get them up from behind the line. Like they want to, they want to shoot the three, right? Like they were tenth in three point percentage last season, and the Pelicans were one of the worst teams defending the three point. So it's like again, this goes back to what are our keys to getting out to a strong start? You've got to play your game regardless of what your opponent's game is, right? Like you've got to do your best to slow down those guys and what they do best. But that doesn't mean you change what you do best into what they do best in order to keep up, right? Like if you turn it into a three-point contest, you're not going to beat that team, right? Like that's not something that you want to get into, right? You've got to not continue to to get to your spots. A best way – it goes back to a football analogy. The best way to keep a Pastor Mahomes or Josh Allen off the field is to keep them on the bench. The best way to keep KD and Kyrie from uh, getting 40 or 50 on you is to foul them out. Somebody's got to guard Zion. Somebody has got to guard JV. Get into the bonus early, right, to the point where, like, they don't have very many bodies. To your point, Claxton, God bless his soul because Zion's coming out for it, right? Again, mm-hmm. you got to have to defend without fouling, and there's not a lot of teams that have shown been shown the capability of doing that versus Zion Williamson before he had JV. So again, can you stick to your style? Can you stick to what you do you do best? And let's see where the, the two play out on, on Wednesday night. Um, Friday is a little bit of a different game. Um, yeah, it's a little bit. Just 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 a little bit. Just a little bit different. Yeah. A little bit different. Yeah, the Pelicans play uh, the Charlotte Hornets, which at this point you should call them like the short Charlotte like Horn because like they're lose half their roster is unavailable. We'll just call it that. Um, you've got an injured Lamelo Ball. Miles Bridges is not with the team for reasons. Uh, you've got an injured or you've got a you know uh, a James Booknight who just has some things happen over the weekend, and so now you're looking at. The main threats being like a Terry Rozier or Gordon Haywood, you know that's a that's a that's a matchup you the Pelicans walk into like that you should you know be looking to win right. But some of the things that I'm looking for is I feel as if times last season where the the Pelicans walked into a game versus OKC or versus some of these teams that either were resting their star player or didn't have a star player or were just not a good team. And they ended up either losing the game or ended up playing a super close game in a situation where it shouldn't have been super close, right? Like, can you come out and not underestimate your point? At the end of the day, there's still NBA players on the other team, right? And anybody can mm-hmm. be anybody. I mean, look at the 36ers or the team from the NBL team that came in and beat the Phoenix Suns in the preseason. Like, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. You've got to make sure that you're showing up every given night. Like, the good teams beat the bad teams time and time again. Are you going to come out as if you are a good team, right? Like, are you going to come out and handle the business early? Again, the last time we saw Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson on the court, they were dynamic, they were electric, but they also gave up the biggest – double-digit leads in the NBA, right? They lost the most games in the clutch. Can you close games? Can you take care of business early and things like that? What are some of the things you're looking for from the Hornets game on Friday? Yeah, the 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 opponent for the for the Pelicans that game will probably be the, the Pelicans. Uh they'll mm-hmm. it'll probably be the Pelicans. Can you can you defeat boredom? Can you defeat uh you know can you defeat yourself right complacency can you defeat those you know this is a situation where we talked about it right we talked about up and down how stacked the league is western conference eastern conference there's not going to be a lot of time to make up games right there's not going to be a lot of times uh where you can 
put together five and six, seven, eight games and be like, okay, we should be able to win those games over and over again. Like you're going to have to take uh, take advantage and, and take care of business when you play teams like this, when you play a Charlotte, when you play a Utah, when you play San Antonio, the teams that are trying to lose, you have to help them, right? You have to uh, help them uh, uh, lose that. And, and so, you know, it's a situation where, you know, you, you're looking at this team and they're, you know, they're devoid of talent, right? They're devoid of the star power that they did have last season in LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges. Um, but even then, even some of the guys that that, that are there now, um, Gordon Haywood is coming off of an injury. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of young guys that they're going to play that haven't played in the NBA or have played very little minutes. And so all of those guys are going to be coming out with something to prove, right? Either they're playing for their NBA lives, they're playing for contracts, um, they're playing for reputation, they're playing for pride right Terry Rozier is a a very prideful guy and so you know these are the types of situations where you have to go out and you have to win right you have to go in and put this team away so that you're not putting a lot of of extra mileage on on Zion and on Brandon Ingram and on CJ and on JV like guys that you're going to depend on later on in the season to to carry you whether it be to these uh you know these expectations of a high playoff seed, uh, things like that. You want to give those guys in-game break, right? In-game opportunities uh, to have that, that, that low management. You do that by winning, right? Putting teams away uh, who are looking to be put away. And so I'll be looking to see if the Pelicans can defeat the, the ghost of, of, of uh, complacency. Uh, we've seen a lot of teams, uh, like you say, most notably the 36ers versus the Suns who, you know, for some reason, they just can't get over that hump of complacency, right? And you let a team keep around until the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, and now their their confidence is high, and now all the the all the pressure is on you. And so, um, you know, with this, with this team having these aspirations and the, the the way that the media is talking about the Pelicans, and rightfully so, right, with all this talent, this is the season, and these are the type of games that you have to show that you belong in those conversations, that you belong in those in those talks, and putting away a Charlotte team that was already not as good at you as, as full strength, but to have so many th- things going wrong for them where they're going to be out there in, in, in like end of the season, they're going to look like, this is going to look like a Thanking for Victor February, March team in the first two games of the season. You got to be able to put that team away early um, and, and get those guys some rest when they need to. Right. For sure. Which leads us into the home opener, which has been sold out. You and I were at the home opener last year. Let's just say it was not sold out. Um, but <laughs> you know, you know, coming off the sold out Birmingham to now a home opener that sold out. Again, we will continue to give out giveaways. We will make sure you guys get the, the Pels go on a long road trip at the beginning of the season. So the next home game, we'll make sure to get some more uh folks at the game and things like that. But you're going into a Utah, you're going into a game versus Utah where, again, they are not necessarily looking to win a whole lot of games um, this season. I think oh, they got, they, a, they got a victor. Yeah, they got a victor Wimbiyama statue outside of uh, uh, the arena already. They got the new jerseys for them and everything. Those beautiful oh. new Utah jerseys. Yeah, those. Um, but <laughs> it's a team where, you know, they've got a lot of young players who like to get them up. They've got a new young head coach who's looking to create a standard, just like Willie Green did, looking to create an environment, a locker room. And so you never really know. So you look at the roster, and it's like, okay, you got a Colin Sexton, a Jordan Clarkson, a Mike Collin, a Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Uh, Hashtag let not cook. You know, Laurie marketing stuff. Like you've got names that people recognize and names that on any given night can can go off. And so, again, very similar to the Charlotte game, it's not a game you walk into like, hey, 
this is a team that's going to give us fits. But if you don't, right, like that's how you get beat. And so I think the biggest thing in that Utah game in that home opener is managing the emotions. Like you can all, you and I have talked about it so many times over the last couple of months. Like when they announced number one from Duke, Zion, like the building is going to erupt. It's going to feel like the playoffs last season, right? Where you can barely hear talking to the person sitting next to you. How do you manage those emotions, right? Like how do you calm down, settle in, right? Because again, to your point, you can't afford to lose games that you should win in, in this year's NBA, right? Like mm-hmm. it's going to be a tight race in the East and the West just to get out of the play-in, just to get in the play-in, right? Like it's going to be difficult night in, night out to get wins. And so you've got to make sure that you capitalize in those moments. The other thing is like, you don't really know what to expect. It's a new coach, new system, new players. Like it's not like you can watch film over the Jazz last season and, and get to know what they do. Like you don't really know, right? Like you are really trying to figure those things out on the fly. And sometimes that can be difficult regardless of the talent on the court. But again, the Pels just got to do what the Pels need to do and and how do they better themselves going into that home opener. So what are the things that you're looking for out of that game for the Pelicans to make sure that they take a win in front of their home fans? Utah is a sneaky upset team. And what I mean by that is their, their roster is better than Charlotte. And is they're, they're tanking. They're not a, a good team. But they have some guys on their team, right? Colin Sexton has had a 20-point-per-game. Uh, he had a 24-point-per-game mm-hmm. uh, season. A pretty good efficiency for Cleveland uh, before, you know, he got injured and, and Darius Garland kind of took over. Same thing with, with Larry Marketing, right? Larry Marketing had a kind of a renaissance season last year playing a three mm-hmm. for Cleveland uh, and things like that. And obviously – the Pelicans should be heavily favored and they should win this game. But this is one of those times where, like, you know, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, like the veteran leadership, if you let the, the team stand around, you know, hang around for a little bit, uh, that's a team that's an ignitable. Jordan Clarkson can can ignite um, and get hot. And so, you know, that's another uh, one of those teams where, like, if you let them stay around, like, they have the players that in a five-minute span, if you're playing them, like, they could beat you, right? Like, they have, mm-hmm. like, talent players as opposed to some of the guys that Charlotte is going to put out there. So those, this is going to be, like you said, the 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 amount of emotions and things like they, that they're going to have, uh, you know, for the Pelicans is going to be a lot, right? It's going to be Dyson Daniels' first home game uh, as a, you know, as, as a Pelican. Like, there's just a lot of things – uh, you know, for for you know, for the Pelicans to have to work through, right? As far as like you know, just experience and things that they're going to be going through, um, that I think they will, right? And this is why you you pay a guy like C.J. McCollum, right? This is some of the things that we talked about that he brought in. Um, that's off the court, right? These are the type of games where you 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 get. He's the guy that he's played in big games. He's played in his first game back at Portland. Uh, you know, he's been in big big time playoff games where this is win or go home. So big games are not you know not you know not new to him right he has he has that 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 veteran experience in that and so this is some of the reasons why you bring him in and pay him that extension uh to have the guys ready and and, and tempered to know that you know this is a long season first game you want to come out and and show well in front of the home crowd uh but you have to win the game right you have to continue to do the things that you've been working on not get outside yourself um not try to hit the home run play every single time um again we we talk about Brandon Ingram and his you know death by a thousand cuts mentality as far as like on the court and and mid-range shots but that's that's a you know that's a pretty good example for the rest of the team right a pretty good uh statement for the rest of the team like take the 
take the fouls, take the two-point layups, take those things. You don't have to hit those home run three-pointers and spectacular alley-oop dunks. Those are going to come, uh, but take the take the the, the, the easy shot, right? Get you know, Go down and, and work your offense and play through the sets and do those things um, and just keep the main thing the main thing. And because uh, again, uh, you're gonna have to take care of these teams that that are looking to get, uh, you know, put away early. You're gonna have to do that, and you know, with such a long season, especially with this road road trip coming up early, right? You don't want Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ, and JV in the full quarter against Utah playing in a three point game, right? You want to be able to put those guys away early um, and let those guys get that get, get that get that rest that they're gonna need to uh, to make it through the regular season. So um, I think you know in those first couple of games, you know those first three games, I think the, the Pelicans should should do well. Um, I'm interested to see this first game. You get you get that Brooklyn Nets game out the mm-hmm. way uh, early, and and that's gonna be. Off the off the dump, right off the the jump of the season, a measuring stick game, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. you know those teams. You want to work work those teams, uh, and those teams are going to get better. Both teams, right? The Pelicans and the Nets. But this is the best team, or one of the best team in, in the East with their three stars uh, available, and it's going to be very interesting to see right off the jump. Um, Zion is being uh, thrusted into which I think should have been a nationally televised game, but will definitely be a league pass darling game. A lot of people will be watching that on league pass, uh, you know, and, and so shout out to our, our contest when we won that league pass subscription today. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see those guys kind of jump in off the dump, no easing into the system. Here's the, the uh, 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 Eastern conference uh, competitor, uh, Eastern conference contender off the dump. And it's going to be very interesting to see how both the team, and 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 the coaches staff would uh, attack that. Yeah, for sure. Now for the fun part of the show, um, I wanted to get to prediction. We we had some predictions last year. I went back and looked. We didn't do so hot, but to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, I don't think that we knew that Zion would be playing zero minutes all season long. So no, that I I feel like we get a little bit of a break with that, but we should. It's time to do them again because it's fun, right? So I'm gonna go with. We'll we'll say three. I'll go with one, and we'll go. We'll switch y'all back and forth. My first bold prediction for the year: I think the Pelicans have the best start of the season that they've had in the past decade. And Ooh, it okay. really, it's not that hard to do that. But I'm saying they go seven and three in their first ten games. Now, mind mm. you, seven of their first eleven games are on the road, right? That's um, big. Like, That's big. And it's not versed like cupcakes. Like, you're playing Golden State. You play the Clippers twice. You're playing Phoenix. You're playing some good teams mixed in there. But I do think that having a team that, again, literally stayed with each other all all season long, literally worked together and worked to get better all all season long, sometimes road trips bring you even closer together. And so – for a team going in, I'm sure once they got the schedule, they were like, oh, man, we got a West Coast trip right out the gates. We've got to come out firing. And that's probably what led to these intense practices and what let, led to, you know, these these preseason games coming out the way that they have because they know, like, they cannot start slow again. I think that that's what's leading into that. So I'm going an early 7-3 like start it. to start the season, which is significantly better than they've done the past decade. Like Give me your it. first poll prediction. I like it. Well – I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a little bit of individual and I'm gonna go real big off the dump. I say that 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 Zion plays in 65 to 70 games. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I, I like I that. I think if you if you if you look at Zion and you listen to some of the things that he talks about, right? He he's constantly mentioning the the Biggie album, right? And I know those things are like you know those are like throwaway things are like that doesn't really matter to 
uh, on the court. But it shows you a, a, a glimpse into his mindset, right? You see him twist, tweak his ankle. Uh, he goes out and scores seven points and say, listen, I'm playing Wednesday. I think Zion has it on his mind this season. I think, you know, especially with these 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 incentives on this contract that's coming up, um, you know, I think that he wants to show, you know, not only to the Pelicans, not only to the NBA, but to himself that he is the dominant player that we saw uh, back when he was last on the court. And I think, you know, with, with so many other jokes and the things going around, about his weight and you know how many games is he's gonna play. I think that Zion has has really taken all of that um and kind of stashed it in his in his in his fuel pack, right? And I think that that is gonna be those are gonna be the things that that fuel him. And I think he wants to show that he can play uh be a be a franchise guy and play in as many games as possible. Um and I think that he knows that not only does the team success rely on his availability but his personal success his personal aspirations the things that he set out for himself are only going to be accomplished if he's uh accessible and, and and able to play on the court um and so i think that that zion is locked in this season and i think that he plays anywhere between 65 and 70 games i like that i like that that, that is a bold one now this second one I'm pissed about because Zach Lowe stole my thunder on his <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Listen, I talked to you about this months ago, Charlie Murphy. Like, mm-hmm. I talked to you and I said <laughs> this was going to be my prediction. And go- lo and behold, Zach Lowe ruins for me. But I'm making it anyway. I think Willie Green wins coach of the year. He got votes last year when he won 34 games uh, last year. I think the Pelicans are going to win a lot more than that. I think that they're going to make win significantly more than that and that being said regardless if they finish top four or not i think you'll have multiple all-stars i think you will have taken the biggest jump in wins from last season to this season and so typically that's what people look for people look at jumping wins people look at uh, the voters look at you know what did you do with the talents that you have the situations you were have and so on and so forth i think that he's well respected around the league literally every commentator Every coach talks about how much Willie Green means and how well of a job he's done so far and how he's been a long time coming for a head coach. I think that all plays into those type of votes. And so I think that Willie Green wins coach of the year going into the season. What's number two for you? Hey, that's that's good. That's good. I mean, listen, he he definitely has the uh, uh you know a shot at it, right? He's the new kid on the block. Everybody loves a new kid narrative. Um, he had the the the, the kind of the vaulting point last season, uh, and the narrative last season. So I'm not I'm not mad at that. Uh, I think my second one uh kind of goes along with my first one as well as your second one, and that's that the Pelicans are gonna host a, pel- a playoff series this season. Okay. Um, okay. I, I think so. Top four seed. Okay. I think that they host a playoff se- uh, series this season. Um, I think between the, the you know the, the Clippers uh, and and the Warriors and those guys at the top who everybody's assuming uh, those guys are going to be locked in uh, for the mm-hmm. play in right for the playoffs. That's what they're going to be focused on. Uh, those guys are going to be focused. I think that you might see a focus similar to what the Grizzlies um, mm-hmm. you saw with the Grizzlies last season, where there are some, and the Bucks right and the Bucks for the past couple of seasons as long as Giannis has been at at his peak. Um, those guys go for it, right? They go for the wins. They go for the regular season wins. Um, you saw the, the Grizzlies kind of lock in and go for it, right? Get as many wins as possible. Even with John missing, those guys play their, their, their tails off um, to get those wins. And I think that the Pelicans as a, as a whole, right? Willie Green's emotional losses. Uh, you saw him, you know, how sad, how upset he was at that loss in the, in the player. Those are the type of things that, that show, Hey, look, we don't want to be, you know, at, at playing, uh, 
starting game one and game two on the road um, and get, having to play some of the best basketball we've ever played in order to get a win on the road. Um, start off at home, right? And those guys are going to be hungry to do that. Um, there's a lot of young guys on the on the floor that um, outside of like the veterans, like, like the CJ uh, and, and the JV, there's a lot of guys on this team who haven't proved themselves in the NBA and they're going to take opportunities to do that. We're talking about Trey Murphy, talking about Herb Jones, Jose, guys who are looking to make a name and a stamp for themselves uh, in the NBA. Obviously, you know, Herb and, and Jose have kept splashed on the scene, but Herb, Herb missed uh, All-NBA, right? He missed uh, all an All-NBA team last season. Jose didn't even get any looks for rookie or uh, All-NBA or anything like that. Like, those guys are going to be looking to do things, and I think that that kind of – uh, you know, that kind of, of, of fuel in the regular season is going to cause the Pelicans uh, to host the playoffs here. So whether it be four or five or, you know, maybe maybe a, a, a three, two, whatever the case is, I do think that the Pelicans host a playoff series this season. Oh, OK. I like that. I like that. Uh, that is bold. That would be taking quite the jump, but I like it. My last one. And I thought about going even more bold, but I'm going to stick where I'm at. I think Trey Murphy finishes in the top three for six man of the year. Um, mm. I think he's going to be fourth on the team in points per game behind the big three. Ooh, okay. So Ooh, I, I like and, that. and typically, typically your six man of the year is based off of points. Like typically mm -hmm. the six man of the year is like, Oh, okay. This guy's hero. Exactly. This guy scores. Mm -hmm. People Jamal don't really care Crawford, about your totality of your game. Exactly. They're looking the for like, Oh, who scored the more points off the bench. Trey is going to be so such a big piece to this team. Because of mm -hmm. his ability to stretch the floor, you know, it at a at a crazy clip. Not just hey, this is our best three point shooter, but this guy led all rookies in three point shooting last season. Had one of the higher three point percentages in the league last season for a rookie, and now he's shooting from five feet behind the three point line. Now, <laughs> like if you're doubling Zion and Bi, you got to run all the way out there to get Trey. I think it's going to be tough for teams, and so I think he's going to get a lot of open looks. I think you're going to play a lot of minutes, and I think he's going to be one of the more key parts of this team. And so I think if he averages, you know, 16, something like that, coming off the bench, I think he's got a good shot at, at, at six man of the year. So I said I said he'll finish top three because I think there's some other names that probably are, are bigger mm -hmm. names that might finish ahead of him. But give me your last oh, old prediction. The, the narrative is already being written for Jordan Poole. So, you know, it, right, it's going to be a lot right. of, yeah. That would be one of the names, be, right. Right, right, right. So it's going to be it's gonna be some tough. But I like it. You know, Trey, Trey has that ignitability, and I think that he he definitely has a chance. I think my third and final one, Um, I think that Herb is going to make first team all defense. Ooh. I think I think he makes first team all defense this year. I, I think that the narrative – last season was that should he have been there last season should he not have been um i think that herb you know went into the lab this season and earned his gym rat badge something serious <laughs> i think he might have taken it a little a little to the extreme according to larry nance but i think that like you said you know he's taken a lot of lumps from from some of the best players his rookie year he he held up well right and now with with a chance to be on a on a contending team from start to finish, right? Well, you're going into the season with thoughts that the Pelicans are going to be either not, maybe not a top end contender, but a pseudo contender, right? You, you're going into the season with that, with ability to do that. And I think if the Pelicans reach their, you know, some of these aspirations and some of these expectations, 
a big part of it is going to be because their herb is being phenomenal defensively, right? And causing a lot of, of having uh and things like that. And so I think Herb makes all first team all defense. I think the narrative has been out there for him to do it last season, uh, make make in all defensive team. Um, he'll go into the season. I know he says that it doesn't bother him or anything like that, but Herb is a competitor, right? And he wants mm-hmm. to be uh, among the best. Um, because you start hitting some of those accolades on the all NBA team, what does Herb's contract look like, which is going to be coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So that guy is going to be wanting to make some some noise for himself and make some money for himself. So I think that Herb Jones, my last and final bold take for this season is that Herb Jones makes first team all defense. I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, we won't have to wait long to find out. So on Wednesday night, um, the Pelicans open their season at Brooklyn. Uh, make sure you check it out locally. If not, hopefully you got league pass because for some reason, KD versus Zion and BI versus Kyrie is not good enough for it. Yeah, because you get to see the Knicks and the Grizzlies. <laughs> Yay, Knicks. Yay, Knicks. <laughs> With that being said, what you got left for the people, Garrett? As always, you never know what people are going through, so give somebody a smile today. It is the night before basketball. I am excited. I love mm-hmm. the NBA. I have been waiting for tip-off, uh, regular season tip-off. I have been a degenerate watching any kind of <laughs> basketball. We have watched uh, 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 TBT at Rucker Park in a rain delay, which is the wildest thing I've ever seen. We watch Euro basketball. We watch pro ams on NBA League Pass. I mean, <laughs> we have been degenerates as far as basketball is going. So it's going to be good to get regular season basketball back, and we are going to be covering the Pelicans, uh, you know, from from start to finish. So you know, appreciate y'all rocking with us this off season. Uh, it's go time. It's ready to get into the regular season, and I and me and my brother, we are excited. So it, it, it's going to be a uh, should be a really bl- uh, fun season this season. So as always, follow us at Pels Pod. Follow myself at Garrett underscore rattler follow my brother at Raphael underscore rattler follow us on instagram at pelicans podcast and most importantly subscribe to new orleans.network and we'll see you guys next week yes sir hey,